Hello, I'm Nicola. And I'm Amy. And this is the Imperfect PT Podcast. The pod to remind you that when it comes to your health, fitness and nutrition, there is no such thing as perfect. We want to reassure you that any step towards a healthier version of you is better than no step at all and share our own experiences of how we also, quite often, are proudly imperfect. Let's celebrate progress over perfectionism. I'm not stressed, but it's quite nice to As long as hold. I can still eat it tomorrow. <laughs> it's not too um, yeah, I'm not or... going to go under the skin. <laughs> Great, cheers. <laughs> Good to know. It's quite a nice texture though. I think they should make stress balls out of these. Well, we're we'll... talking about an orange, by the yeah. way, <laughs> before, before you start wondering what we're talking about. So my guest oh. has just picked up one of my oranges that I do intend to eat next week and has just started, you know. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll gauge how, uh, how torturous she's finding the process of recording <laughs> by how annihilated this orange is by the end of the session. juicing it. <laughs> Oh, I'll try not to destroy it. Yeah. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> welcome back, listeners. Um, welcome to our final episode of this season. And like we always try to, we try to have a guest for our final episode. Mm, it's somewhat of a tradition now. But can is. you believe it's another end of series? I know. We've done 16 episodes, Nick. Time flies. Uh, does that mean you're having fun? <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> she doesn't have sleepless nights anymore. No, I was them. I was just um, regaling our guest with stories of how, yeah, I wouldn't sleep the night before, I wouldn't sleep the night of, I would rehash, I would regurgitate, I'd think, why did I say that? To which I gently reminded her that no one gives a shit and we're not really that much of a big deal. <laughs> you don't give a shit, do you? You don't give a shit out there. As always, by Amy, so delicate and put. Um, but yes, we are back. We have a wonderful guest with us, um, the fabulous Lucy Robinson. So welcome, Lucy. Thank you. Thank you both for having me very and inviting me into your home. You're very welcome. And your dog, Rupert. Rupert oh, so. yeah, Rupert's here as well. Who is far better behaved than Chester ever is when we're recording at my place. He's lovely. He's actually asleep already. Oh, bless it. I mean, my flat is like a furnace right now, so I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so welcome. Thank you for coming on. You do listen as well, don't you? So. I do listen, yes. Avidly. Um, avidly, sure. yeah. All, every <laughs> single, nearly every single episode there. I'm not going to lie, but yeah. I have, um, I did listen recently. I was away and I was actually away on my own. Um, so two weeks on my own, one not. And... I was feeling a bit lonely one day, so I thought, oh, what shall I do? And I listened to your podcast, and it was like having you in the room. So there thank you. And I haven't just said that for the sake of the podcast. Oh, the- it's actually true. <laughs> so it's we'll, good. We'll take that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have the pleasure of having Lucy as a very close friend. Um, how long have we known each other now, mate? Three years? Um, yeah, it's when I started training with Andy, so... Mm, longer than three years. Four years. Yeah, four, long. something like that. And we've probably been like pals for what 18 months two years probably maybe? that yeah. yeah 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 so whereas on the third wheel here <laughs> <laughs> excellent no how's that make you feel <laughs> like a third wheel no. yeah you know of each no. other you know of we each do other, yeah don't we you? do so yeah um and, and we're gonna know each other a lot better after this podcast. exactly and yeah this is the joy of having a podcast is you can invite your friends on but there's a reason that i've invited lucy on to be a guest with us because Lucy is also in the fitness industry and she is, well, she covers a multitude of fitness endeavours really with what she does and she's got a really interesting story and you'll probably see from the title of the podcast that we're going to be talking today about all things yoga really and where 
yoga fits into your training regime should you be doing it why you should be doing it and the benefits but also like demystifying it as well um and i've known about this or probably been had my eyes open to this since i've been friends with lucy really um uh but nikki is quite a I didn't say novice on her yoga journey, I would say. Yeah, I would say. And very much coming at it from a, I know there are a multitude of benefits. I am very alive to how many benefits there are and how much it would complement my current regime. But come at it from being the ex-cardio bunny that I've confessed to being in the past and thinking, well, if I've got an hour of time to devote to something physical, it's going to be to get my sweat on. Um, yoga is probably not the best way I can spend my time but I know as the aging process kicks my ass and I get more and well less and less flexible and more and more rigid in my movement sometimes I know it's exactly the time I should be embracing it and uh most of your workout time gets spent up with hip hopes. absolutely oh, my bloody hips yeah no absolutely so I'm very alive to how much I would benefit from it and really don't need any convincing but I think now I'm stuck in this rut of I just don't want to be the new girl. I yeah. don't want to turn up somewhere, be shit at something, not be in my safe little comfort zone, um, and feel like I stick out like a sore thumb. Which is so ironic, because how much do we try and convince women that strength I training know. is for them, you know? Absolutely. Like, go, be the new girl, get, yeah. you know, curious, learn. And know so. that at the start, you will be crap at it. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, you, you know, you won't be in that place for long. So, yeah. honestly, it's not for want of being convinced, it's just for want of changing my routine to embrace it and make it priority yeah good so that all said um lucy tell us about yourself tell me about you yes. you know already i know tell already. me <laughs> so i uh yeah i'm a yoga teacher i'm a qualified triathlon coach as well and i work for a charity running their wellness uh, initiatives um but that isn't what i've always done so historically i worked in insurance Tumbleweed <laughs> moment. God, I used to hate saying that. Um, yeah, uh, twenty-one years actually wow. in wow. the insurance industry. I didn't know you were yeah, that long. I know. How does that happen? Did you get comfortable? Yeah, yeah, I went there from my A levels to this nice little office. I was going to do their examinations. Going to have this wonderful career. I did have a wonderful career. Um, I ended uh, mainly in, regionally in Cambridge, and right. then I did eight years in the city at the end of it. Yeah. Um, I worked for big blue chip companies by the end of it, um, running insurance programs for a gold mine, for a travel company, for a big healthcare company, um, all over the world, uh, different time zones, etc. So global role. Uh, and as I said, working for some big blue chip companies, it was a great career. Um, I did really love it. Um, but then COVID happened. As Did everyone you? says. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I miss that. Fast as fine. And insurance in your bedroom, spare bedroom of the house, on Zoom from 7am till 7pm, 10pm, something like that, yeah. kind of loses a little bit of the jazz that insurance maybe has. Uh, and I just thought this is getting a bit too much. Um, and if I'm perfectly honest... Uh, mentally and physically, I kind of suffered a little bit from the job. So quite high demand uh, hours, which is fine. Um, the 
just well, fine to a point. Fine to a you point. You can yeah. do it to a And in fact, as I'm saying, it's fine. It's not fine, no, it's actually. Not fine. <laughs> but um, that was the culture. But it was the, yeah, it was yeah. the culture. And I um, do work hard. I enjoy working hard. So I wanted to put those hours in. Mm. Um, and then there was a big drinking culture that went with it or a social culture that went with it. So there was a lot of travel. There was a lot of di- client dinners out. There was lunches out. We would be in the pub at 12 o'clock in the day. And then we would not go back to the office, mm. these sort of things. Mm. Still happen in the city, less so, uh, uh, I think, but it was a big part of it. Mm. So I became uh, a little bit poorly. Um, I wasn't really um, enjoying the job so much anymore. I definitely was suffering from a mental health perspective. Um, and so that coupled with the fact I'd started to do a bit of sports coaching locally um, and some other surrounding circumstances is the right word um i decided to leave and see if there was something else i could do so i quite a brave move because i I can imagine sort of financial stability you know so many reasons to stay in that environment absolutely better the devil you know you know it's not quite right for you but better the devil you know yeah money was great yeah didn't really think about money for quite a long time bought my house um and so yeah it was like the the i guess it's like staying in a bad relationship right it's much easier to stay than to leave. But I left. <laughs> um, Good, you and, did the hard thing. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I think, in fact, I had a mentor, one of the senior partners at the firm, um, and his advice was leave, and if it doesn't work out, come back. Like, the city's going nowhere. That insurance industry is going mm. nowhere. In mm. fact, I've been invited back a few times on double the salary that I was on. So I know it's still there. Yeah. Um, so I decided, yeah, to take a year, and just to see what I could do. Uh, so I did some further qualifications for my triathlon coaching. So I was already level one. I did my level two and another diploma. Um, and I did my yoga teacher training really as a side for the triathlon coaching. So my ambition really was to be a full-time triathlon coach, be it uh, juniors and seniors. Mm. Um, and then teach some yoga on the side. So, I presume it had always been part of your life then. So, from a in, in your spare time, whatever limited yeah. spare time you had, you'd you'd participate in triathlons yourself. And um, so, sports always at school. So, yeah. I was always the sporty one at school. That's all I ever wanted to do was when's the next PE lesson, which team can I play for, etc., yeah, etc. Yeah. Uh, I did my work experience in the PE department at school, um, and then ended up in insurance. <laughs> As you do. Progression. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, and then, yeah, when I, you know, then I started finding the gym. I started going to the gym all the time. Um, and it, in fact, it wasn't until I moved here, which was seven years ago, that I joined a local running club. You know, they call those little running club. Running club people. Running club friends. Running yeah. friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, which are some of my closest friends now. Love you all. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. They're not listening. <laughs> um, and that's when I then met. Uh, one of my friends there who was like come and do a triathlon with us come to swim training and I was like okay yeah sure um, and that's when I started doing the triathlons and then when I couldn't compete because I'd got sick with the job and everything else going on then I started coaching because I still wanted to be involved mm. and really liked the sport um, and the environment that we were in mm. um, and that's when I then started the coaching so that's kind of how that led on um, yeah and then yeah the yoga training was a on the side thing like oh that would be helpful and actually um probably backtrack a little bit to when I started yoga so yeah my my background was sports I needed to be you right if it's not cardio I don't want to hear about mm. it I want to be in a spin class I want to be able to crawl out of there because I haven't got anything left or I want someone to scream at me to do another 10 press ups etc like if, it, if it's not cardio it's not for me mm. um, and I uh, traveled for a bit 
um, one year and we were living in Australia and my friend was like, come to yoga. And I was like, no. She was like, come, there's a class, it's power yoga. I was like, okay, sure, I'll come, whatever. Because she that. mentioned the word power. Yeah, totally, thought, power. I'll be better at her than that. <laughs> um, so we went and I was like, oh God, this is really hard. And, and really good, and, and really good. Like it was an hour and a half class, I think. And we didn't stop from the moment we walked in the door. And I couldn't do half the things, like um, you were saying. And But that kind of spurred me on to yeah. be better at it. Okay, well, actually, I can do that. Um, and then the more yoga I did, the more the better I got in the spin classes, the better I got at the gym. It kind of all sort of so interlinked. So transferred. I did see it, yeah. yeah. But that was uh, 14 years ago. And then I dipped in and out of it. I will, I'm not going to lie. The first thing I always then dropped was my yoga in my training. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and a lot of it, I think, is about finding the right person to teach you. So I dipped in and out. And then when, yeah, when I left, I thought, oh, I'll do the yoga training. That's 200 hours. I just, there's a place near here that does the training. It's every other weekend. I was like, okay, great. I can still do my triathlon stuff. I can look at where I'm going to start a business or what I'm going to do. And every other weekend, I'm just going to go and do two whole days of yoga. And someone's going to teach me it. And it's going to force me to get back into my yoga habit. And then what actually happened was... I fell in love with it loads more again and then I started to teach as part of the course and when I qualified started to teach and then I was like actually I really love this and I love you know I'll go on to it I'm sure but love getting more people into it so yeah I guess that's my journey but yeah I was the one that had to be convinced to ever go Mm. to yoga Mm. it was like no I can't lie down which is what everyone says to me Um, lie down and breathe for a bit yeah that sums it up yeah Yeah. I can't sit still yeah (laughs) yeah exactly so I guess that's kind of my journey um in terms of uh my career Mm. and uh my yoga journey Mm. Mm. um so what type of yoga did you learn like superpower yoga oh my god of course (laughs) no because there's there's, there's a million different types of yoga yeah there's um, the more magic carpet yoga, as I like to call it. Oh, I love that. I've never heard you say that before. Oh, okay. So, so I tend to describe my yoga as more strength stability yoga rather than magic carpet yoga. So the the comment of I can't lie down and I can't meditate and mm. etc. The you know um, are, are slower versions of yoga that are and those have their place for certain people. And I'm to be honest, I probably need more of that myself. Um, but I teach vinyasa flow, so there's a constant movement in the class. Um, I teach it from a sports based background because that's my uh, interests. So I want to know what it's doing to my leg, why you're making me stand like that, and which muscles should I activate in order to get the best out of the pose because I want it to be the hardest. You love fascia, don't you? Fascia! Oh, fascia. She loves fascia. She's always going on about fascia. Connective tissue. It's like this orange, Amy. Oh, God, here we go. (laughs) You had just like this orange, didn't you? Start me off. Anyone want a podcast on fascia? Please just tell, um, tell the listeners yeah, what tell fascia the, is. Well, I'd yes. like to know. Your fascia is your connective tissue. So if you think right. of this orange, this is wonderful. It's like we planned it. We didn't. <laughs> uh, the white pith inside the orange um, is like your connective tissue. So it runs all the way from your fingers down to your toes. It connects your whole body as one. Um, it wraps around the muscles, through the muscles, over the ligaments, ten- ligaments tendons, bones. Um, and I will tend to try and build some kind of fascia release into the class. So if we're going to work through a predominantly foot-based class, standing postures, etc., then we'll release the fascia on the bottom of your feet to try and make it a little bit more supple, a little bit more glidey. Mm-hmm. Um, it can become really sticky and tight. Mm. 
Um, and so we yeah, work some kind of block or tennis ball or golf ball into the foot and start to oh, release that fascia. So, yeah, and, and I think we all think of our body as different parts. So you've got your leg bone connected to your... Bye-bye. That's it, good, well done. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, everything is connected from your toes to your fingertips to your head you know um, we, sometimes I'll do a fascia release on on someone's leg and they can feel it in their shoulder so you know we can be twisted it runs in lines all the way through the body I could go on for hours yeah. but yeah uh, so I try and teach around how can we uh, what can you do in your yoga class that you can then take out of your yoga class mm. so if you're strength training um, where can you use the strength that you're going to build within the yoga to better your squats or your lifts or your you know if you're running how can you build those strength through your ankles the bottom of your feet etc to support your running mm-hmm. um, so yeah vinyasa flow so we don't really sit still much um, there's a little bit at the start maybe I might make you do a little breathing exercise I might not um, and there's definitely a little authorised adult nap at the end but it's probably about 30 seconds long because I talk so much all the way through the class that I forget <laughs> about Shavasana and then I'm like, lie down and done. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, what I like about your yoga, and I completely agree with everything you said in terms of, like, you have to find your yoga teacher. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. You're, my, you're my friend. And I've done yoga with another teacher before for an extended period of time. And it was great. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> it was great and it was challenging. You. But... What I like about your yoga is it's generally made me a better lifter because you understand about yeah. that anatomy and the sports, like not the sports psychology, but the the way that all these different mediums and modalities of sport are interlinked. So it's generally made me a better lifter because I'm more mobile. But what I also love about your yoga, eh, is the soundtrack's really fucking cool. <laughs> like, your, your music is really good. Like, she'll play, like, Alicia Keys, mm. or you'll play, like, some acoustic versions of some Christmas songs that like we did at Christmas. Like, Absolutely, you know, yeah. Like, there's no, like, whale sound. <laughs> I feel like sometimes with the yoga that I've done before in my personal experience, like it's trying to force me to be somebody I'm not. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, we'll come on to talk about barriers, but I think sometimes with, with barriers to yoga, I think that is an issue. Mm. Like you feel like you don't fit into the box of what somebody mm. who does yoga is. Mm. And so it's not for you. Yeah. And that must have been a huge frustration for you over the years of this whole common perception, common health perception there is out there, that it is a bit woo. Absolutely, yeah. I, it really irritates, it shouldn't, I'm a yoga teacher now, so nothing should irritate me, yeah? <laughs> just float around <laughs> on that yoga, on that, on that magic carpet. So but right, it does, I just teach strength, I'm aggressive all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it does ir- irritate me when I say oh, I'm a yoga teacher and, they, and everyone goes oh you must be so zen I can't do that and I'm like it's not like that <laughs> sorry listeners sorry. you thought I was loud <laughs> sorry so the most, most common comments I get are I can't do yoga because I can't lie still or I can't do yoga because I can't touch my toes or oh, oh no yoga's just not for me mm. And they're the general comments I get. And to the ones that say, I can't do yoga because I can't touch my toes, I say, you need to come to yoga if you can't touch your toes. Mm. I'll help you touch your toes. Mm. But also touching your toes does not make you a better person, just so you know. Um, And those that say, I can't lay down, then I say, well, in my class, you won't lay down for much longer than a few minutes. Mm. Um, And come and and try it. 
And the other thing I think is really important to me is that it's not quiet in my yoga. You've just heard, I'm not a quiet person. (laughs) (laughs) But the yoga classes generally aren't like that. Like I want people to enjoy them. I want them to laugh. I want them to wobble out of their poses and be comfortable to wobble out the poses. You're not going to guarantee you're not going to walk down the street and they have a little wobble in the street. Okay, so build that within the yoga it's not about finding bants yeah Yeah, oh god i didn't know you used that word oh sorry (laughs) ick sorry ick carry on as long as don't say holly bobs oh god no oh that's ick territory oh Oh, god stop now (laughs) sorry we're just going to more ick digress sorry you were saying um yeah uh, chats yeah fun and and the music you, you said about the music the music's really important to me because it takes people out of their brains yeah they're like oh this this song's really good and, and then suddenly they're concentrating on what they're doing mm. rather than the to-do list or what they're going to buy at Tesco's later in the mm. week um, so I think yeah for me building the class A around a load of anatomy so people are understanding their bodies mm. and what, how this is going to benefit you outside of here uh, be do you think that it, resonates well with people that that it, it it gets them more bought into the process? I think it resonates with the people that come. So the, the people that come to my classes are the ones that want to learn that yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. If they don't want to know about their uh, anatomy, then they'll go to a different type yeah. of yoga. And yeah, uh, yeah we backtrack to there are many different types of yoga for many different types of people. Okay. So, mm. like you say, you have to find your person that mm. teaches in the way that you want to teach. Um, and I'm not saying my way is perfect for everyone. I've had people come and they're like, didn't really like it. I'm like, okay, good. What? <laughs> <laughs> Don't understand. Lose that. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. No, I absolutely appreciate that. Um, so yeah. Uh, where were what's, we? your, what's your typical client base now? What do you, do you find that, that is there a breadth of the type of people that come to your class? Um, the, so I'm not going to lie. It's predominantly female, mm-hmm. but. Uh, there are a lot more males coming into class. So occasionally I have a male-dominated class. Um, and yeah, a lot more men are kind of coming round to it, especially f- because I'm teaching from the sports side. So there's yeah. some of my triathletes from the local club, there's some of the runners, um, and then some people from the gym who are moving, you know, recently just one of the PTs has started coming to class, a male PT who can't touch his toes um so he said yeah. to me the other day actually after that class he was like jesus that was hard and yeah I was like, I was, like, about it. was it i loved it oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's interesting yeah uh the men are more interesting the men watch you like they're they're focused on it's got to be right they've got to do it right whereas the women are um more acceptable that something that they might wobble out of something if a man wobbles out of a balance he's very annoyed mm. <laughs> But they are becoming more accepting. But and I'm to my one-to-one clients are apart from one lady, all of them are men, because I think they are nervous to come to class, or yeah. I treat, teach a few who are injured, so I'm working through injuries with them, and I just do thirty minutes with them, and it's not really yoga; it's more sports stretching or injury-related rehab, mm. um, and we kind of disguise it a little bit so they don't think it's yoga. Mm. Um, but yeah. Um, so predominantly women, age range, 20s to 80, mm. you know. I've got uh, one client who's done yoga for 50 years. Yeah, she's better than me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we're going to pose. Like, Everyone just look at, I won't name her, but, um, you know, this one at the front. Um, yeah, she's great. And, and I, bet she, I bet she gets such a buzz out of that, being yeah, the one that everyone's looking, it's looking at. Yeah, and everyone comes to talk to her after class. How do you do it so yeah. well? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, big big range of people really. Does that perception? Why do you, why do you think that 
I don't want to say negative, but why do you think that perception of yoga isn't for men is still around or like yoga isn't as popular with men there's you know like you say your client base is predominantly female because i think it's still got that yoga is woo yeah so if you said to a man i think you need to do some more uh mobility training flexibility etc i'll go to pilates because pilates has always been seen as the rehab so all physios generally would would want a Pilates teacher. In fact, one of the physios we I work for wanted a Pilates teacher until I convinced him he should have me as a yoga teacher. Um, so I think yoga will always have that, you know, listeners, you can voice or we'll answer this to yourselves. If someone says yoga to you, do you think of someone sitting in a cross-legged position with their hands into a yoga mudra, so hand, uh, finger and thumb together and they're closing their eyes and they're meditating? Because generally people always think that it's got such historic... And, the, and I fully respect the lineage of yoga, like thousands and thousands of years of that. So I think it will always have that perception. It's just now the range of yoga that you can get... And picking those classes, you know, some of the yoga in London, like I, I don't know how they get into those positions. It's quite male dominated in some of the like kind of the rocket yoga in London, mm-hmm. because they're handstanding into everything. They're, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's very strength based. So I think it will come. I think it will just take a bit of time. Mm-hmm. And I am seeing a lot more men in classes than when I first started teaching. Um, and I think there are more men in some of my classes than other types of yoga that are taught. So, yeah, not all men want to go and lie down. Not all women do either. True. Um, it's one thing that massively frustrates me about when I coach clients is when they say, oh, yeah, I just need to stretch more. I just need to work on my mobility more. And I'm like, okay, so are you doing it? I'm like, oh, no. no. I'm like, well, just it doesn't just happen. Yeah. These things don't just happen, particularly as you get older you need to train these things and I know for me that's why I started regularly adding yoga into my weekly training schedule because I was like if I don't do this all that's going to happen is I'm going to get stiffer I'm going to get less mobile I'm going to get have more issues I'm going to get more injuries I just think these people think that these things will just miraculously disappear Mm, and unfortunately they don't so Mm. if you want to change something you do have to make time for it and actually train that that modality and not just think oh well it's too late for me i've not oh, done it yeah. now i'm well into my 40s oh totally yes yeah. that ship sailed i might yeah. as well just give into it yeah i think the like you were saying the strength from it so for me i now i teach quite a lot i don't have as much time to practice yoga myself but i think invariably the teaching i do adds that strength dynamic but i don't i'm i'd say my predominant sport at the moment is running and i don't run before Christmas I haven't been running as much as I want to run at all so I'm not specifically training or anything like that and because I know I'm doing enough yoga I actually can just go out and run I ran a half marathon PB before Christmas because I know that my body is strong enough from all Mm. of the yoga to take that and I actually run a lot better these days because of that so so you PB'd a half marathon without actually without really training training for it wow so if just that, let that sink yeah, in. Yeah, if that's not advocating <laughs> enough. Yeah. Wow. Two in a row, actually. I'll just add one um, the year before and then one last year. Yeah. That's, that's... not saying you don't run, though. Like, no, I, wanna, I do. Yeah, yeah I run. Yeah, yeah, I run. And I wouldn't advocate that to any client. So I would not say to a client, oh, okay, you haven't really been running much. Go and run a half marathon. Mm. I think just because I know I train my body all week, every week because mm. of my job, mm. um, I know the strength that I've built 
a that uh, some of that's from strength training so i do quite a bit of strength training on the side of the yoga but then the running training a little bit but not specific but yeah i think i mean i i think it's wonderful i think everyone should do it but and i think you know building it into your program has to work though it's like any other training okay so you've got to fit it in but and everyone will drop a yoga before they drop anything else okay so we've kind of hinted at well, we've, we've discussed the type of yoga that you do, the angle at which you come at it from. We've hinted at some of the main benefits. But what would you say or how do you, I don't want to say sell yourself, but how do you promote yourself and what you do to to people? Like what are the key benefits, would you say, of regular yoga practice? And I mean like your type of yoga practice, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, I guess same as any type of regular training it's helping you build strength awareness flexibility and a bit of accountability um if you haven't done it before specifically in the way i teach and other people like me teach it helps you to learn about your body so a lot of the other times if you're doing quick circuits based class or something uh, you're doing a load of squats um whatever else you're doing um it's, it's quick you haven't really got time to think about what you're doing or how that's affecting your body or which bits of your body mm. you're using the muscles for you're it. engaging yeah exactly yeah bang, squat, bang, bang, right go done. next yeah. one go yeah and that has its place absolutely has its place for what you need um but i think for me obviously we go a bit slower in yoga but we don't go very slow <laughs> but we go slow enough for you to learn what you're engaging how you're engaging it how it makes a difference to that move so mm. i think for me it's it's really that awareness of your body and that uh space to slow down a little bit and the chance to understand your body a bit more um so that's if i was saying to someone please come and try it that would be my angle would be how much do you want to learn about your body to be able to take that somewhere else? Because no, you're not going to want to come, like Nick, you're not going to want to come and just become a yoga expert. I mean, you might do, you might love it that much. Who knows? <laughs> but if you come once a week to yoga, and so I always try and focus on one body part as well. So like this, the last couple of weeks, we've been working a lot on our legs and our kind of foundations. So how is that going to help you when you go back in the gym and Amy asks you to do some mm. squats? You're mm. really thinking about that foot placement you've got in the squats or you're mm. thinking about how the ankles are getting involved and the tendons and, and every single part of your legs are getting involved in there because you've had 60 minutes with me just talking about feet and your fascia. <laughs> get it in there again um so i think yeah it's really aware i guess it's really awareness for me um yes you might become more flexible from it but again like i say it's not about touching your toes really it's really for me that learning about your bodies and how it can help you off the mat because no one came to yoga just to do yoga really mm, uh, the main thing just from somebody who's trained for what how many years have i trained now what 12 years have you have i <laughs> yeah i've probably been resistance training now for 12 years the main thing i've learned in this last year or so about myself is just breathing breathing has helped me massively um presence, in, your, in your lifts in my yeah, lifts right. yeah breathing has helped me massively in my lifts mm presence the actual mind to muscle connection mm. which i thought i always had mm. oh, in fact i knew i always had but we do have a few sessions where you just go through very mindlessly and you're always going to have sessions like that but generally the way i connect with my body because of yoga is completely different mm. um and yeah just that strength through range that yoga has given me like 
it's taken time but maybe I get an extra couple of centimetres out of a squat. Maybe mm. I get an extra second in an isometric contraction in a plank, for example. Mm. Maybe I get a little bit... I know I have really tight hamstrings, which flare up when I run massively, but I can get an extra inch out of a, a pyramid pose. And being able to stay in those and build that strength through range ultimately means I can lift more mm. um, so from a personal perspective I know how that's how yoga has helped me mm. um, but that's because that's what I use it for some people come to you loose and they don't use it for that at all some people do come to you for an hour or 45 minutes mm. of just breathing or presence or moving or that yeah. is all the exercise they do that week and that's yeah. totally fine as well yeah. yeah yeah you don't have to be super sporty to come to the classes I teach or to do any kind of yoga um I yeah the range of people I have is is huge in terms of what they're getting from it or taking from it or you know if they're just getting out of the house for an hour um so I think that's what I also love about it is it is you can have I can have 10 people in a class and every single one of them's taking something different from it mm. whereas I guess that's the same in any group class but I don't know I just find that there's such a broad spectrum of what it can do for people um that, and that's what I love about it. And I guess for me, in terms of teaching, it's amazing to see the different effects it has on different people. And actually, um, yeah, that different people take something else from the class, if that makes sense. Talk us through then the different types of people that you teach. Because I know what you do and you co- you teach a lot of different demographics of people. So yeah. I think And just... that must be quite challenging yeah. itself, having yeah. to cater for different needs, different abilities. Yeah, Um demographic so you've got classes in different locations that obviously people can pay for but you coach a lot of other different types of people in yoga as well so like talk us through those okay so yeah um in the in the gyms you're generally getting more sports-based people mm. i teach um teens so the younger generation and that's a challenge a challenge that's it's a joy and a challenge in one. <laughs> um, getting them to understand their bodies from a, you know, these are 14, 15 year old girls. Um, getting them to understand to be still and be still yeah. is okay. To listen. To listen. To not think they already know it all. Oh, frankly. no, they do know it all. Yeah, they know it all. <laughs> they know exactly all of it. Um, but yeah, to get them to, to be aware of their bodies. Mm. Uh, I guess for me... That class is a lot more challenging because it's they're not sporty ones. They're not the ones that want to know which muscle's going to engage and yeah. what they're going to do. They don't really want to do anything. They just want to like to get them to lie still and to be comfortable in some kind of stillness. So I have to kind of switch the teaching there to more holistic based yoga. I guess I'd call it. Um, in terms of the other classes, the men are quite different to teach to the women. Um, but you'll also get people who think they're listening to what you say and you say move your right leg and they don't move it and then you try and hint again um, it's a little bit less it's a little bit different to coaching where you can shout at people apparently you're not allowed to do that in yoga um, <laughs> um, but watching people's perception um, as to where they think they are in space is interesting um, and is, how people listen and don't listen really good. the space thing is really interesting sorry to interrupt but that's really interesting as that transfers to strength training as well so yeah, yeah that proprioception of where you think your body is in space transfers really well sorry Rupert's mm. gone for a little walk sorry. around my flat it's alright <laughs> just didn't want him to have a yeah. wee up that table no, <laughs> please don't Rupert yeah. 
Um, so yeah, that's really interesting about the proprioception and the yeah. cues for the right leg and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, and you can also watch people like a, a lot of my clients come uh, every week, or a lot of them, some of them come two, three times a week, mm. and you can watch their diff- you know where they are in their days or in their minds or not in their minds from that. So mm. sometimes they'll be absolutely away with the fairies. Other times they'll be latched onto you, listening to every single word that you say. Um, so that's and that's. Uh, very nice to watch in terms of me providing a space for them. I don't want to get all yoga on you because, you know. But but that links in really well. I just really want to mention the community stuff that you do as well because I used to see you after you taught those classes and just seeing what you would bring to those people was yeah. amazing. Like when you coach the... Um, at, the at the ho- yeah, yeah, the hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the community yeah, so I work for a charity and we do um, a number of different community projects. Um, some of that's providing free yoga to people. Um, and and I, I'm really passionate about that because yoga does have this perception, as I said, of you know sitting cross-legged, etc. But it also has a perception of you can only go to if you're super rich and you can go to the big yoga studio where it's really expensive to go and you will only go there if you own a Range Rover, yeah? Mm-hmm. So teaching in a community centre where I go in and I move every single table and chairs out of the way and then we just bed down on the floor a bit like, um, I don't know, there's, there's something going on outside and no one can leave. Um, and people come in there that would never go to yoga because they don't have the confidence to go into any of those studios. Um, so, yeah, that, I'm really passionate about that. And that's that's amazing to watch that they are like, oh, I didn't ever think I could go to yoga because mm. I couldn't afford it or I, I would never go to that place where there's, there's so many people there, etc. Mm. So, yeah, teaching from... Um, because I teach in a number of different places, sometimes it irritates me because I drive around all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Other times, you know, it's great to be able to offer it and uh, work with so many different groups of people. That kind of makes me a bit sad, really, in the way that, like, like you say, yoga is thousands and thousands of years old and it's got its foundations in India. Yeah. I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong. Like, And it's basically people doing it that generally have no money and have no things and it's not about materialism and then it has become such something that is so fashionable and oh, trendy yeah that now especially in places where we live which we're fortunate is a very affluent area you know it keeps our businesses going but you know they if you haven't got money you can't afford to go to yeah. yoga and that's really sad really yeah sad. and i think it does have like you say that perception um you're right in that you know, actually the postures of yoga are only one part of the whole of the yoga ethos and journey, etc. And some of that is about non-attachment. And actually what we've developed is this huge attachment to sweaty Betty. I am sitting here in a pair of sweaty Betty leggings. Oh, we all love a bit of sweaty Betty, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, but you can't go... <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> She's so full of it. <laughs> um, you can't Pat, go to yoga. We've all got some sweaty Betty on right now. Yep. Two pairs of leggings <laughs> and a top. Yeah. 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 Anyway, continue. But you don't have to wear sweaty Betty to go to yoga. You can do it in your Tesco's jogging Mm. bottoms if you want. Mm. Something similar. Other outlets are available. Um, Whatever you're comfortable in. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's really important to me that you don't have to be someone to go to yoga. Um, What about the mental health benefits? We've touched on a lot of about the physical benefits Mm. and flexibility and such like. What about mental health side of things? Have you huge. have you had lots of people coming to you? I mean, given what we went through with COVID, mm. have you seen a bit more of a draw and a pull from that perspective? I'm just putting my hand up here because I never got 
the whole mental health thing. I just did yoga because it made me stretchy. I went to a yoga class with Lucy and at the end she put us in Shavasana and she does a reading and it's really beautiful. And I cried. Mm. And that's never happened to me before in a yoga class. And was I going through something at the time? Yes, absolutely. But it was just really powerful. Mm. So like for me, the mental health release is just as much as the physical, mm. depending on what's going on in the night. So mm. um, I just want to... I just wanted to tell that little story. And how did that, how did you feel when that happened? Was it a total, oh came out of nowhere? Came out of, like, I had just been for therapy. <laughs> Let's put this in I context. I on my period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I had just been for therapy, but I really liked to do therapy and then yoga because it was a nice way to de-stress after therapy. Yeah. And I came and I don't know if it's because I was with Lucy and obviously like she's somebody I trust and she's a friend, but just this reading that she said and... It was just a moment where I'd just connected with my body, I'd connected with my breathing, and mentally, for an hour, where I can, I have learnt, or she has taught me as well, to be present, to focus on my breathing, Mm. to connect in with my body, mentally, when I do resistance train four times a week, when I do run once a week, when I do spend a lot of my emotional and physical energy giving that to everybody else, that meant a lot to me. So mentally, I get just as much out of it. And to be honest, it's probably just as much the mental health benefits of why I include it once a week as it is the physical health mm. benefits. So mm. yeah, I mean, please, sorry to interrupt, but please feel free to share how you've seen that in your clients and stuff. Yeah, I think from my perspective, um, it's helped me. So I do see a lot of my clients and what I know probably know a lot of what they're all going through. And so you end up kind of taking that, not taking that on, that's the wrong word, but, no, but knowing lose. it really. Take yeah, we taking take it on. on. We yeah. know that, don't okay. we, Nick? Gotcha. Like, it's that's, a massive part of the job. That's something that we can't get away from. You take it on. Yeah. yeah. Um, but seeing people come for the physical, mm. which is the only reason I ever started yoga, I did not want to do the mental health side of it. I'm not very good at the emotional side of things. Um, but see, seeing people come for the physical and then actually noting that they are getting some mental health benefits from it so they're taking an hour out and they are going a bit slower at something they're not going easier necessarily at something but Mm. they are going a bit slower at something they're connecting with their bodies they're learning how to breathe we all breathe it just happens but actually if you can just slow it down a little bit what does that do in yoga if you just take that and you think about it once more in the day Mm. great um so yeah seeing them my favorite thing is seeing the people I know who are all over the place all of the day, a little bit like me, like not very good at seeing still, etc. And then we'll take them through a class which they fidgeted all the way through and, you know, moved, etc. And then in Shavasana at the end, where you see them completely and utterly drop into the mat and that, that complete stillness and they finally let go of whatever that they were holding on to. Like that's my favourite bit. And that's what happened to Ames. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, don't think that... Everybody cries at class. <laughs> <laughs> I won't make you cry. Don't. Oh, I can't. I thought about going to yoga and then I didn't want to cry, so I didn't go. <laughs> um, there's a bit of science around around that and um, kind of the way you work your body as to how you attach into the emotions. I'm still a little bit on the fence about our whole emotions being held in our tissues, um, but I see it now from a teaching point of view. Some clients who come to a hip-based class, guaranteed there will be tears at the end. Some people... 
Oh, who okay. Rupert what's the matter he does not like that comment um, <laughs> some people when I do a lot of kind of uh, upper body work so opening through the chest and into the heart then that absolute tears at the end again so mm. I think yeah the mental health benefits of it this doesn't sound very good does it because now I'm saying everyone cries um, but people yeah I've seen that happen to people mm. um, because they've joined from the physical perspective yeah and then the mental health you just kind of slide in there. They don't really notice it's happening. And it's probably because it came out of nowhere. It's yeah. the unexpected part of it. Absolutely. You, you weren't expecting that reaction. But it's the same with resistance training as <coughs> girls at the end of the day. Like, they start because they want to be fitter, they want mm. to be healthier, mm. and then all of a sudden, suddenly, they have more mental resilience. They yeah. can cope with yeah. things better. They're a better mum to be around. They're a better wife. They're a better yeah. girlfriend. exactly. You know, and, you know, so it happens with fitness in general. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. I have a client that came on, I ran a retreat last year, um, and I'm running it again this year and when we put the dates out she said I just need to check with my husband and her husband's response was absolutely go put it in the diary now you came back a better person wow so it definitely does have the benefits I mean that was a kind of dual retreat with some boot camps on the side so it was big fitness kind of weekend but so yeah again aligning that whole cardio smash everything out of you and then um stretch everything out of you in the yoga and build some strength so yeah they're about mental health kind of familiar to something you guys have oh, set up yes. yeah Basically. we have we have haven't we yeah. so yeah um lucy's idea lucy is the brains and uh i am the admin I think. you're the beauty oh, no, I'll take that. <laughs> that's I where i thought it was going as no, well lucy is yeah. the brain so lucy came up with this idea for our try to be stronger event um and we combine our three favorite modalities of running yoga and strength this modality is your favorite word at the moment it isn't is, it? Isn't it? yeah oh, she really like that optimal picks modality she picks up on my language <laughs> Yeah, so we we set up last year what we thought was going to be a one like a one off event on a Sunday, and it was so successful that the people that were there called for it to be a monthly event. So we now run a monthly event in Bishop Stortford, which is ninety minutes of our version of a triathlon, which is yoga, half an hour of yoga, half an hour strength training, and half an hour of running. And it's really interesting, actually, isn't it, mate, to see different people's um, attitudes to that because. Mm. The we've got loads of people that come that have never done yoga before. We very rarely have women come that have never strength trained before. The women are always quite worried about the run. They're always yeah. like, oh, I don't run. I'm worried about the running. And then it's very much us to encourage them. Mm. But we have men that come that have never strength trained before. Mm. But they're not worried about it. Like, no. they don't stress about the fact they haven't strength trained before. They just, there's an assumption they can do it. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. I think for us at the moment, we really want to get some um, promotional material out. But we really just want to encourage people that... These things are accessible to absolutely everybody. And yeah. the fact that you're, you've never done something before is not a reason mm. not to come. You know, mm. it's like you said, oh, what did you say at the beginning about, younger, about um, yoga? Oh, I can't touch my toes, so I can't yeah. do yoga. Mm. It's like we hear all the time, oh, I've got a knee injury, I can't strength train. Yeah. Rubbish. You're yeah. just the type of person. Oh, I can't run. Yeah. Or I can't I run. can't run. You've got two legs, you can run. Yeah. And, and Lucy and I advocate and say all the time, but you can walk. Mm. yeah walk that bit we don't care oh well it's that typical thing like um oh i I can't join a gym until i get a bit fitter Mm. yeah Um, i've got to be fit first then i'll join then i'll join it yeah i've got to be a bit more flexible before i can start yoga you know but that's a i do think some of that's a bit female i had a client the other day and said i need to come to join yoga please i'm not i'm as flexible as a wall (laughs) yeah and he's not he's quite flexible Mm. but yeah i think men are like i'll own it 
Yeah. A little bit yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Interesting. But yeah, I think um, I love the event. Obviously, it's wonderful. Um, And actually, the combination of the three. Absolutely. The run, the strength and the yoga. Actually, what more could you want in life? Yeah. And obviously, our incredible energy and chemistry together. Yeah, ridiculous. (laughs) So much so that... Sign up link is in. Yeah. (laughs) Going to have to put it in the show notes. The sign up link, to be fair, is actually in my link tree, which is on my Instagram. So if you do go to my Instagram, at Coach Amy Ramsey, you want to come to one of mine and Lucy's events, the next one is on the 25th of February. Plug done. Um, So yeah, they are our three favourite modalities. Um... She said that bloody word again. Oh, She's on it, isn't she? Little swear box. I swear box, yeah. yeah. Put a pound in. Pass the sweet jar. Sorry. Oh, it's um, empty. Oh, no, it's quite empty, my sweet jar at the moment, actually, to be fair. It's because I'm not um, eating less than optimal foods after Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to be a wanker, oh. girls? I can be a wanker. Oh. Um, so, okay. So, Nikki and I have spoken quite open and honestly about our body image and our perceptions of body image as female personal trainers. Yep. You, obviously, when you started your journey in the fitness industry, you had an idea that you were going to be a triathlete um, or triathlon coach, and now you've moved into more of a yoga side. Um, do you think, is there a, do you experience a similar pressure on you as a yoga teacher to be a certain way and look a certain way and act a certain way as maybe Nikki and I have you know, alluded to that we experience as personal trainers? Uh, yes. Straight <laughs> off the bat there. I love it. <laughs> that is Thanks my for coming in. Yes. Thank you both. Um, yes, of course. I think that I... I think? No, that's the wrong word. I feel pressure to be quite skinny, very flexible. Mm. So fold yourself in half and then half again and then half again. Um, what, you can't do that? No, I can't do that, no. Um, and also that I um, could just wander around in my uh, yoga leggings, sweaty betty, and um, yoga bra, always show today actually. Um, uh, yeah, and wander around in that, absolutely comfortable in that environment all of the time. Sometimes I feel okay and I'm okay to walk around in my yoga bra mm. and my leggings. Other days, less so. Um, but I do feel there's a pressure, there's an Instagram pressure to be in a yoga bar and leggings mm. all of the time and very comfortable in that and have not overeaten and I'm particularly good at overeating so um, there's a certain pressure of that I also think there's a pressure to be a certain person as a yoga teacher or an assumption that you will be a certain person as a yoga teacher so you quite spiritual very spiritual yeah you yeah. wouldn't swear yeah. um you don't really have many belongings mm. um you're okay with all of that yeah. um i'm much less materialistic now than i used to be probably because i don't earn anywhere near as much money um please come to class um, <laughs> <laughs> um but i have less attachment to material things than i used to um but i still like nice things mm. um and i can't find myself i can't find myself in half anywhere near as much i went on a course last year i think there were eight or ten of us and seven of them could fold themselves into complete human pretzels and looked exactly what i think a yoga teacher should look like and i got referred to by the uh, anatomy teacher as the stiff one which i kind of was okay with because he was like these quads look like you run and i was like i do But it means I'm not as flexible. So I think there are, yeah, the Instagram pressures of looking like you do, looking like a perfect yoga teacher online. And I worry about what I post on my Instagram because of that. Right. Um, Until I'm having a day where I'm like, don't care. 
and I can see my belly hanging out in this pose, but I'm just going to post it anyway because I ate a load of chocolate and I really enjoyed it. I love that. Um, I think my thoughts on it are that I've come to realise we are all different. We all have completely different bodies and they all work in completely different ways. Mm. Um, some of that's come from me having therapy. Some of it's ongoing work and some of it's just getting old and not caring anymore. The, the joy not caring that. what people think of what yeah. I look like yeah. rather than I care about my body and I care about what I'm doing to it and training and etc but yeah less about mm. uh, you don't look like a perfect yoga person where are your abs can't see them mm. hidden see my, my take on this and certainly the feedback I get from a lot of my client base is actually they value the fact I am, let's just say, more accessible um, in that, you know, I, I don't have defined abs and I don't strut around in really skimpy, uh, you know, I am bigger than a lot of the other PTs in this world. Mm. And they, I think, find comfort in that. In yeah. That there isn't this level of perfection. There yeah. isn't this kind of, oh, my God, but she's going to really judge me because look look how she is. You know? So it's that thing of being a bit more accessible. You'll attract yeah, clients who are drawn to that and exactly. feel more safe in your company and in your coaching. Yeah, because of what you exude. It's the whole reason we call and this podcast the yeah. Imperfect PT yeah. podcast. You know, because we embrace our imperfections yeah. and we want fitness to be accessible to all. Yeah, so, yeah. And I'm imperfect at yoga. I have quite a injured right leg, which means that I, a lot of my balancing on the right hand side doesn't happen. I've got. Um, severe uh, many ears so I don't have uh, hearing in what 50% hearing loss in one ear which completely affects my balance so I'm all over the place sometimes when I'm doing yoga but that's okay and I recognize in my body where the limitations are mm. and I'm okay that maybe my balancing on one side doesn't look quite the same as the other side and I think that helps when people see me fall over in a pose or go mm. do you know what guys I can't get in this pose on this side so I'm just gonna you know what it looks like mm. <laughs> crack on yeah <laughs> I'm just gonna walk around and poke you all yeah. <laughs> um so I think yeah there is a pressure to look a certain way uh and to be a certain way so, you know like goes back to my coaching is that you don't have to be an Olympic triathlete to coach triathlon. You don't have to be an Olympic yoga person to mm. coach, to mm. teach yoga. Um, you don't. You um, just need to know how to get the best out of someone. Yeah. That's exactly. That's the key. And so, to encourage some yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, and to provide a space. That was the wooest thing you've ever said. Yeah. Woo. Woo. Well, I liked it. <laughs> you so liked true. it and you don't even come to class. <laughs> I think we all do that though I think we all do that for our clients we provide a space we provide Mm. a safe space for them to take whatever out of that hour that they need Mm. and I think it's for us to make a a little assessment of what they need at the time you know Mm. we're constantly we spoke about it before Nick we're constantly asking our clients if you walk into a session with a any kind of fitness instructor and they're not asking how you're feeling Mm. that day Mm. you know especially a one-on-one session Mm. How are you feeling? How did you sleep? If you're female, where are you in your cycle? Mm. Um, what's going on at home? You know, you, these are the questions you should be well, getting it, asked it, by it, professionals because you, yeah. need, you know we're all about the body and we're 100%. all about trying to get the best out of somebody's physical form. And part of the the gift is being able to read people as well. Yeah. And you know, yes, that that comes with familiarity and getting to know your clients. But it's that being able to read the body language or whatever someone is putting out there that may not even be a spoken thing. It's just, mm. you know, something's off and you can pick up on that and you can go, 
this session I've written isn't the session for you today. Right, mm. let's adapt and let's do this instead. Yeah. Does that ever happen to you, mate? Because I remember when Nikki started taking on clients and you were, we did, I'd said to you, I did exactly the same thing when I st- started taking on clients. You were spending so much time God. writing sessions and programming Absolutely. and individualizing mm. everything. And I went, mate, that's fine and you'll do that. Mm. I said, but that's 90% wasted energy because yeah. I can guarantee that you will not do probably, you know, 90 to 80% of that session as written. Mm. There's very, very rare that I complete a full session as prescribed because of various different reasons. Does that ever happen to you in the yoga space? Like, do you ever plan a class and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit. This is not working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, I do still spend a lot of time planning. Mm. Um, uh, So every weekend or on a Friday before next week's then I'll have done my planning for the week ahead so my group classes I generally try and teach the same theme all of w- all week but every single one of those will be different there's a different set of people in that class and I'll have to adapt maybe we'll go so this morning I taught the same class twice but they were very different if that makes sense mm. the mm. second class I spent a lot more time with some of them because they were going we were going a bit slower or you know uh, some people weren't getting into the poses quite the same and we spent a lot more time focusing on something or other and then we completely missed out the third round because we hadn't got the time so yeah you have to adapt and to kind of think on on the foot um and then my one-to-one clients i generally try and plan a uh, outline of what i'm going to do and then it will be how they respond to those exercises or poses or parts of it um and the same like i have a i still have a couple of running clients and yeah, adapt as to how they are when you, yeah, when you come across them. And then some classes, I don't quite know what I'm going to walk into, so I don't quite know who's going to be there. And so yeah, again, you're you're adapting. I do like a bit of planning though, because I feel there's so many aspects to the yoga class that I have to have planned it all, and I have to be completely in the zone of what I'm teaching. So it's not just put your leg there and then put your arm there. You know, don't make people cry with that. <laughs> But that's part of rumination and mental preparation and anticipation. Oh, what? You're very focused on my language. You're power, really good on the language today, Amy. I, I well was, done. I do. Did I you was... do some A-levels or something? Oh, you know, I might have done. I might have done. <laughs> Bit of imposter syndrome about the fact I didn't finish uni. Feel, oh. feel need to prove myself. I am having therapy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but no, that's part of it, isn't it? They say all good sportsmen, they all have that anticipation. They all have that, you know. Like yeah, it's reading people, right? Head, and yeah. It's just having that, you know, emotional intelligence and understanding of what people need. Mm. And I think that's the same in a group class. So I can, you know, I'll know who's probably going to push themselves to a certain pose but if I can read that I know they're really not quite there that day then I'll make them back off because actually today's not the day that you need to be going through your full chaturangas get the knees down and get you know just take it a bit slower today so I think a lot of that's reading the room a lot of the time as well and knowing your clients and delivering it in a way that's not uh it doesn't demotivate and it doesn't make them feel that's the hardest bit shit about themselves Yeah, yeah 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 it's done in a you know in a productive this is what's best for you today yeah you might not recognize it so you have to be a little bit subtle in some of that sometimes yes um yeah and without saying don't do that yeah no stop it the advanced practitioner knows when to back off that's a good yoga saying or the advanced practitioner knows when to use their blocks and then everyone picks a block up (laughs) relieved thank god thank god God, i wanted to put my hand on that Okay, so let's think about the future. Um, 
forward planning. What are your aspirations, goals for yourself? Um, and then a little bit of a broader question that we thought we'd like to ask is how would you like to see yoga portrayed in the fitness space moving forward? Lovely questions, thanks. You're welcome. My future... We planned. We planned, <laughs> yes, <sorry. laughs> We actually put Very some thought good. into this. Very good. Um, my future aspirations... I'm trying to work a little bit at the moment on not looking too far to the future, actually. Um, uh, being present in the moment. So um, when I first so started... yoga. I so <laughs> yoga. When I first started the business, I always needed to know the answer as to where we were going. Rupert, are you coming to sit up here? Ruth is joining us. Rupert's like, <laughs> I'm the future. Yeah. Don't forget about me. <laughs> um, so I guess for me at the moment, the future is now. Um, I'm currently really, really enjoying what I'm doing. I'm loving teaching the classes that I'm teaching. Um, obviously, I'd love a few more people if you want to come along. Um, you know, New Year, New You. Um, oh, we don't. Know I, I'm not like do joke. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think for me at the moment, um, it's dedicating a little bit more time um, to getting people to dedicate more time to their resilience awareness, and for yoga to be kind of seen. Your second question was how do we want it to be seen in the fitness industry? Um, I do want people to think it's hard and that it's going to give them as good a workout as if they went and did a cardio workout where someone screamed at them and they were sweating those and their heart rate was up. Um, I, I don't know how we get there. I think it started to get there in London. Um, you know, when I go to, t- to classes in London, I can't believe the strength of some of the people that are in there and they're practicing two, three times a week. Um, Actually, some of them are practicing probably 10 times a week. Um, but I guess for me, yeah, I just want yoga to be seen as more than the cross-legged person with their hands mm. held. Um, I want it to be seen as what it is, which is a massive um, benefit to you strength-wise, um, mentally. Um, and just more people starting to come to yoga and using it to help them build themselves in other ways. Mm-hmm. So come along, try yeah. it. I don't know what it takes in a way to to get more people to gravitate mm. towards it one question i didn't actually ask and we had on our list nick to be fair was it links in with that how would you include it then as a part of a yeah. regular training regime so say someone has a regular training regime all right so let's take you for example nick mm. so how many times are you strength training at the moment five to six five to six times a week are you doing any other kind of cardio occasional run occasional run um, and then some of the strength workouts will include some sort of Metcon, yeah, yeah, Metcon conditioning type. element. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, for example, what would you suggest then? Um, drop a strength session yeah. and replace it with a yoga. Like and as a beginner, I'd say yeah. And you're all good at maintaining one a week. I would have everyone doing at least two a week. Yeah. But I also realise for beginners, beginners probably need to. But also for people that are training as much as you. You, I'm not going to get you to drop two strength training sessions a week for two yogas. But I'd, maybe it's but maybe one. Do the one, see the benefit. S- yeah. See, it, see how, how it transferable goes. it is. I think um, for, yeah, so from a strength training base, yeah, drop one in. If you can drop one more in, and maybe that's just an online that you do. So I yeah. have some on my website. 10 or 15 minutes, mm-hmm. maybe another time a week or twice a week at home. But then go into a group class where you're having to do, you're taking your your phones over there in the corner. You can't be on it. You're really concentrating for an hour yeah. on that. And then if you're doing your own flow at home, mm-hmm. then great. So again, there's always the perception like, you know, we encounter with strength training. Oh, you have to do a minimum of 60 minutes yeah, no, in each no, no. session. 
Absolutely not. Right. Roll your mat out for 10 minutes in the morning, yeah. if that's what you've got. Um, I try and roll my yoga mat out every single day for myself. It doesn't always happen, but it might just happen before I go to bed and I do mm. five rounds of sun salutations and that's it, or three, two. Um, but yeah, it doesn't have to be an hour mm. and it doesn't have to be in a group class. But I, I do think if you're not doing it at all, one group class, because you're then focused on it mm. and you can watch other people in the room, mm. etc. Um, but f- from a running coach side... I would be saying two yogas. Yeah. So similar, really. Um, On the running coach side, I'd be saying um, not more than three runs a week. Two yogas, two strength. Mm. So it's finding the time. A a lot of it, though, it depends on how much people are training, right? So Mm. if you've got someone who's like, oh, I train twice a week. Okay, you're not going to drop one session and do one of those as yoga. But, yeah. So if you're doing five or six sessions, definitely you don't need to be doing five or six. The yoga will give you as much gains is that the word you use it is well yeah done. yeah um as a as a strength session mm. yeah there you go nick just let that settle should i percolate she's like i'm sold Come oh on. yeah we'll see i honestly will see um anything else you want to ask lovely lucy nick i think we've covered because for me it is that that was the burning question of like from a beginner's perspective, mm. how do you overcome that? Oh God, I, you know, just getting up, getting through the door, putting putting a foot in the door, yeah, and just getting that first session under your belt. And I think that has to be in an approachable class. So there are classes where you will feel like um, the newbie. I mean, you're going to feel mm. new in any class, mm. right? But I try to make mine quite fun and chatty mm. and mm. approachable. That's the word. So it's finding the right class for that and potentially knowing a couple of people in class mm. sometimes that does help you know i know people get nervous about going to something if they're not going to know anyone mm. or if you don't want anyone to see how far you can't bend mm. go to one that amy's not at <laughs> comparing to yes. yes i'm not gonna lie i'm pretty good but like that's taken practice as well though. yeah like, you say to me the other day you're like oh amy you don't need to see me and i do a lot of it now guided because it's you a language listen. yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah i can yeah. listen to you and know what that is, what the what the words mean, and I can right without so, actually yeah. having without to visualize. Having to watch. Yeah, but that yeah. takes time as well. And yeah. practice. Yeah. It's yeah. like when people come to Osnick, you're like, mm. oh, we're gonna do a lap pull down, mm. and people are like, what? Mm. Like I have Hot clients man. still that I've been training for two and a half years yeah. that think lateral raises are actually called fly side things. <laughs> you know, so it's yeah, but it yeah. is it's learning. Yeah, yeah. So it's learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and then I guess it's when do you know it's not for you or or how do you have the balls then to sort of walk away and think, well, if it's, I don't respond to the, the teacher very well. Yeah. Or I, you know, or I'd say I try draw. a few different versions yeah. because you might come to mine and hate it, doubt it, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you might, and I would be absolutely fine with that. Mm. And it's a bit like I might come to you for some PT and I might not like the way you mm. PT. So mm. it's definitely about investigating a few different classes mm. and locations because not everybody loves, I teach um, in two gyms, one yoga studio and one physio clinic. They're very different environments to be in. Um, some people love the physio clinic because Ames is peating in the background. It's loud. Mm. Um, it's not very yogery at all, but it's very strength based. So it's like, actually, I've got to really concentrate. I've got a client that comes to both. 
one to the studio and one to the physio and she's like I love the physio one because I really have to concentrate on what I'm doing but and there's all the weights in the background and it feels like a real physical thing whereas mm. I teach at one of the yoga studios where it feels a lot more zen it's, mm. it's a beautiful studio it's oak beamed it's you know and I, I like the dynamics of both of them so again I think the setting makes quite a big difference to be honest mm. as well mm. the person and the setting and the time of day all of the things really yeah. Yeah. And I know this is a bit, how long is a piece of string, but mm. how long typically will someone notice difference? If they are, say, they've incorporated it once a week, how long should someone until they give notice. it until yeah, they yeah, yeah. think, oh, um, this is paying off? I'd say a good couple of months, if I'm mm. totally honest. Um, it might be quicker than that from a, a secret mental health Mm. advantage mm. like suddenly you might notice like actually i really like going there and actually come out of the class mm. feeling mm. like quite a benefit um physically i guess it takes a few rounds of going through the same postures until you get used to what i'm calling them and yeah. you know kind of where you're going so that that probably takes a couple of months to get into mm. Mm. thank you darling thank you so much oh thank you. thank you thank you um because you're a listener of the podcast <laughs> You'll know how we like to finish our podcast. So season two has been a little bit different. Like season one was very much confession time, wasn't it? Because we, uh, we're wholeheartedly imperfect PTs. Um, but since we've done season two, we have opened it up to either a confession for the week. So I'm an imperfect yoga teacher, but... Um, or a win. So we know as women, we don't really celebrate our praises enough. So... Mm. What can you reflect on this week? So what would you like to confess your sins to or what would you like to celebrate as a win? Can I have week? both? You, oh, oh, she's greedy. Good God, Jesus. liberty. I think it might be linked. Okay, go on then. Ish. Of course. Um, my confession is um, food-based because I'm struggling a little bit at the moment with um, a huge sugar addiction. Um and I was ta- actually talking to you, Amy, about this last weekend, and you said, um, oh, "She used the word optimal." She, yeah, she used Brilliant. the word. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> optimal. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying I've bought some dried apricots to try and um, not uh, to try not eat chocolate, and you were like, "Oh God, yeah, I had a really bad time with one of those ones with those ones. Yeah. I, I ate too many, and then it all went terribly wrong. And you I don't was like, even need I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. And then the other day, I definitely ate at least ten in a row. Oh. <laughs> we all clutch our tummies in despair. Um, but it was fine. I was actually fine after that. Um, so to potentially, the win would be that, I, that nothing disastrous happened. <laughs> oh but God. I do think I'm a bit over the apricots now. And I forgot. I went to teach yoga straight after it. Bad move. Um, and I didn't tell the clients that I meant dried apricots. So I said, "Oh, I've just eaten ten apricots." So now I think that they probably think I'm really weird. Sitting <laughs> <laughs> so now, I'm eating ten apricots. But I did get a PB in the gym this week. So you know, maybe the apricots fueled that. That's and, definitely a uh, PB lift in the gym. So yeah. yeah, that's my win of the week. Nice. Well done, mate. Well nice. done. Steer clear of the apricots. Yeah. Don't overeat on dried apricots, team. That's a massive ingestion of fiber and sugar. And if you've done it before, you'll know what I mean. <laughs> the tummy pains are real. Oh god, that does remind me actually, and this is probably my confession. It wasn't going to be, but it is now. I got sort of I, I'd gone out. It was Sunday morning. Let's reflect back. Sunday morning, and hadn't managed to get my acting gear. Hadn't had breakfast. Was caught out on the squash run with the kids. They go up to a squash lesson on Sunday. While they're doing that, I walk the dog. So it got to about half past one by the time I'd finished walking the dog, and I'm absolutely bloody starving. Oh God, yeah. And I'm sitting in the car waiting for the kids to finish. 
and I'm scrabbling around in the back of the car thinking, oh, there's got to be something to eat in the car. And I come across some sugar-free rhubarb, um, rhubarb and custard boiled sweets. Yeah, right. Oh, that'll do. That'll tide me over. I'm not very good at sucking sweets. I, as soon as they're in my mouth, I'm crunching, crunching them. It, and I gone. get that from my dad. He does that as well. We're crunchers. Used to drive my mum nuts. She'd be sitting in the lounge, and we'd all be crunching on boiled <laughs> sweets. And you know the sound of that <laughs> yeah, drives yeah. you crazy after a while. Anyway, so still cannot suck on boiled sweets. And I've crunched through probably about four or five thinking, oh, I'm just hungry, I'll stop in a minute, I'll stop in a minute, and, you know, again, keep popping them. About an hour later, maybe two hours later, I am getting the worst stomach pains of my <laughs> life. Because, of course, the sugar-free stuff. Yeah, sweetness. Oh, my word, did I regret that. Yeah. Um, I've got a confession on a similar line, and it all started on Saturday night when you fed me chickpeas. Oh, oh chickpeas are sorry. every time. Don't ever apologise. So I went over... Lucy's on Saturday night for dinner and we had a planning session and you made me dinner and you, it was beautiful. We had a lovely so dinner. So lovely. It was so lovely and wholesome, wasn't it? And then I've been eating very optimally since, <laughs> <laughs> since New Year. Um, I've basically just really tried to level up looking after myself. Um, and so it started on Saturday with chickpeas and then on Sunday I had black beans Oh, that's a no-go for me. On Sunday night, I made a, like, tomato-y meatball. Well, basically like a chilli, but instead of mince, I used meatballs. And that had kidney beans in it. On Tuesday, over lunch and dinner, I had a whole head of broccoli and some (laughs) courgettes. And on Wednesday, I blocked my toilet. Oh, that's my girl. I'm not going to lie, girls. My toilet hasn't been the same since. And I live in a brand new flat. My flat is just over six months old. So, you know, the flush is strong. The flush is strong. Um, Yeah, I've been eating a lot of fibre and a lot of beans and a lot of pulses. And it's lovely and the variety is amazing. But we definitely all have a... uh, tolerance level let's say and let's say i've you, reached mine that's the thing and you always I find that tolerance mine. the hard way don't you you, you really find that limit yeah. the hard way so my trumps and i've had to i've got some <laughs> trump trumps I've i was some... called trump as a nickname once were you oh. yeah because of this reason no my sister uh my sister's wife's sister got still there yeah her, her kids were coming to meet us and they told them that i was called trump just for some joke reasons, so and now they still all call me Trump. Trump. That's yeah. quite cute. Yeah. Well, I, I was Trumping quite a lot, and I, if, depending on the level of familiarity with clients, which if you know me by now, listeners, you'll know is quite high, um, I was having to say to them, I was like, I'm really sorry. So you don't walk to the end of the studio, do it, and then walk back? follows me. Um, <laughs> I, I can't, I'm not silent. I'm not, well, I'm no, I'm silent but deadly. Silent but violent. I'm silent but violent. I admire the fact you own up to it, though. Oh, but that we, when there's when you're in a studio with just the two of you, it's yeah. got to be one to. or the other. So yeah, yeah you got yeah. no choice. You have to. to acknowledge. So yeah, um, if my... you get a dog, you can blame it on the dog. Oh, That's they true. are the best. Yeah, <laughs> blame oh, the dog. Whooper. for the smell. Oh, oh, oh what's uh, that noise? Uh, what's that smell? I know in my household we all blame the dog. Yeah, all of us use him. Least, I feel so f- sorry for him. At least we all know girls have got good constitutions, and we're all regular. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. It's all some tummy related troubles. So mm. you know. And again, I love a bit of poo chat. I'm Bristol stool chart. Bristol, yeah, yeah, you know. Did that last night. You see? Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Pelvic health 
it always involves the Bristol stool chart. Yeah, true. Very true. Something we need to talk about more as well. Yeah. Google it if you've not. Um, yeah. Not anyway, um, thank you so much, Lucy. Thank you so much for having me. It's thank a pleasure you, to talk to you both. You've been a star. Thank you. Well. Yeah, and you. Sure what a you good would. boy. No, really. Thank you so much. Um, um, listeners, we hope you got a lot out of that. Please email, message me your feedback. And give us any um, suggestions, feedback, uh, topics that you want covering in season three, because we will be back in your ears. We are going to take just a brief little pause in recording just to generate, um, yeah, another epic load of uh, content for next season. So, yeah, if there's anything you want us to cover, then do um, drop us a message. Um, But thank you for all the messages of support we've had this season. It's been a huge amount of fun, it obviously. Has. It has. And we've um, already got some topics lined up a little bit. For next yeah, season, we're going to have. Me? We are going to do some more um, delving um, into some of the burning topics. But if yeah, if there's anything that crosses your mind, just uh, yeah, drop us a message. Yeah. And until next time, listeners. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. for tuning in to this episode of the imperfect pt podcast we hope you take away something positive from listening to our experiences if you did and know of others who would benefit from hearing our message please share and help us grow our listening community remember whatever seemingly imperfect actions you might take this week it doesn't need to derail your progress celebrate the wins and embrace the imperfections